Welcome to the Macaner Plus, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and mega church pastor, Dag Heward-Mills. Maybe you've heard about soul winning and evangelism, but what is soul winning truly about? Let's listen to Dag Heward-Mills as he gives a sound biblical teaching on why you should be a soul winner. Thank you for your holy word. We are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, (laughs) what a shock. Matthew 28, 120 reasons why we are so winners. Amen. Today I'm dealing with reason number one. And I'm preaching the same message that I've been preaching. No change. So, it's an evangelistic service we are having concerning evangelism. So, if you are not into evangelism or such things, you should not come. Amen. And if you are not into Christian music, don't come either. I can't hear myself. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Reason number one. 120 reasons why you must be a soul winner. You must be a soul winner... Because that is the great commission, the great commandment, the great mandate, the great instruction, the great order given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We must be evangelistic minded. All of us. And it's very, very important for us to have a soul-winning, evangelizing mind and posture all the time. Soul-winning is not for newly born-again Christians. Soul-winning is not for the 80s and the 90s or the 70s. It is for now. And as soon as you take soul winning and evangelism out of the church, you are left with a ghost of the church. You are left with the ghost, only the ghost. You are left with the, um, the, 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 just the, some kind of a apparition. Right, so it's very, very important that we um, really become evangelistic-minded. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your great presence and help here in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your angels that are here, Lord. Amen. Now, when you take out evangelism from your life. 
you are losing out on a very important uh, thing. Now, soul winning is the conversion of a non-Christian to becoming a Christian. That's what soul winning is. That's what evangelism is. Conversion of non-Christians to become Christians. Okay? It is not the conversion of a poor person to a rich person. Okay? Soul winning is not the conversion of somebody who is not blessed into somebody who is blessed. It's the conversion of a non-believer, a non-Christian, whatever format he comes in, is his conversion, his change from not being a born-again Christian to becoming born again. It's different from somebody who did it. It's not a conversion of someone who is homeless to a housed person. Yeah. They are different. Because in the church today, we are largely concerned with people being converted from having no house. You shall have a house. It's different from soul winning. That is not soul winning. Soul winning is not the conversion of an uneducated person to becoming an educated person. They are different. That is not soul winning. That is not evangelism. But when you come to church, you always get like we are trying, oh, go to school, encourage you, do well. You know, you can do better than a first degree. You can have a master's. You can have a PhD. That is not evangelism. And pastors have replaced evangelism, which is the conversion of sinners to Christ, with the conversion of homeless to home, homed people. And the conversion of unestablished people to established. And the conversion of jobless to jobful people. And the conversion of the uneducated to the educated. And it is not the conversion of those without visas to those with visas. And the conversion of the unmarried to the married state. (laughs) That is not at all. It has nothing to do with evangelism. That is not soul winning at all. And you can take it from me that many of us pastors, when you are a pastor, you are concerned about your people's welfare. You love them because the Bible says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So because of that, we pastors have been really trying to help our Christians to prosper and to be established, even as their spiritual life or their soul is prospering. So that that verse gives a launching pad for the conversion of the homeless to the home, homeful, the jobless to the jobful, the poor to the rich. The beloved less to those with beloved. The unmarried to the married. And so when you see a pastor, it's like he's coming to bless me. He's coming to convert me 
from my state where I am struggling to my state where I have a car. Carless to a car. And because of that aspect of the pastor, we have lost the reality of what evangelism is. That is why one day I was driving my car and I rolled down the window. I was around Achimota and somebody shouted, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, I need a job. (laughs) Yeah. Because we pastors are seen as sources of jobs and blessings and marriage into the lives of the people converting them from jobless to jobful. That is why that guy shouted. He did not shout, I need Christ. When he saw me, he didn't shout, Pastor Chris, I need Christ. I want to go to heaven. Because what is exuding out of us is material enhancement, material conversions, and improvement into a lesser earthly state into a higher earthly dimension. It's true. And that, although it started as a legitimate and Bible-based teaching, has come to replace true evangelism, which is the conversion of an unregenerate being somebody whose soul is dead, somebody whose soul is lost, somebody who is going to hell, his conversion from hell to heaven. It has come to replace it, but you see, it didn't replace it immediately. And then, so that salvation and the need to rush out to the, to the lost and to win people to Christ has diminished the need, the, 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 the feeling that we need to because we are becoming just like the Orthodox churches which when charismatic churches were coming up, we emphasized the conversion that you are converted before you are joining the church. But today... All politicians, NPP and NDC and all forms of people are all claiming to be in the church. So when we come to the church, we are, we are not confronting the need for salvation. We are, not, we are not headlong. You need to be saved. Because you may not know that some of us who are been around in the system for some time, we were converted even though we belonged to churches. You see, I was converted even though I belonged to three different churches. I was a member of three different churches. <laughs> yes! And even though I was a member of three different churches, I was unsaved. I was not saved. Because Christianity was not something that you come into like the priest and the pastor were not conscious of salvation. In those days when I used to go, when I got converted, 
and I went to Action Center. The Archbishop at that time was, we used to call him Pastor Nick. He would preach on salvation every Sunday. You will be saved every Sunday on a daily basis. You'll be saved. Yeah. You'll be saved on a daily basis. There's nothing like you are converted from homeless to home for. He himself was staying in a boys' quarters. I visited him in a boys' quarters. I sat in that boys' quarters before where he was staying. Yeah. He put an air condition in there and I went to visit him there. Yeah. With a carpet and everything. But it was a boys' quarters. So the conversion of, Christ, of people evangelism it's like the lifeline. is the life-giving aspect of a church. But as people get converted, then the shepherd also rises up, pastors rise up to do their work. As they continue to do their work, you must prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It becomes so much. Do you see? It doesn't start as an evil thing. But it's just the same instruction. Then it becomes so much. Then conversion, conversion. Conversion from the sinful state, do you see, to the, to the south, saved state, it becomes blood. The lines between unsaved and saved are blood. Now, I can tell you some things so, so as to help you to know who is not saved. Okay? Number one, people who listen to unbeliever music are most likely, you are not saved. You can write it down. If you listen to unbeliever radio, radio stations, where they are playing non-Christian music, most likely you are not born again. Now, I'm saying this because during the, the, when Christ returns, the Bible says there were ten virgins, five were wise, and five were foolish. Now, virginity is something that you can't see. Okay? It's not something you can see, virginity. And then even when you test for virginity, you can easily not see it also. It's true. Even when you test for it, you can easily be deceived. And you discover that it is not. Yes. And people can lie for a long time. Yeah. Because lies and deception are part of our, our world. Yes. One, one day there was a, a spy, a German spy. Right? He. He, he worked for Germany. Or is a, a Russian spy. He worked for, for Germany. He worked for Russia. And he went to Germany and joined their party. Joined the Nazi party and be, speaking German, everything. Went to Japan and so on. And he informed them, even so much so that he informed them of the date of Operation Barbarossa. Barbarossa, Operation Barbarossa is the day the invasion of Russia by Hitler. He gave them the dates and everything. He was the full, full spy. And they caught him in 1944. He was in Japan. And they caught him. They, 
beat him. They interviewed him. He said, look, he's not a, he's a German. That he was a Russian. They contacted Russia. They told them he's one of the best known spies. His, his name's Richard. He's one of the best known spies of Russia. They contacted, they offered them, they said, look, we will give you an exchange. They said they don't know him. The Russians said, we don't know. We have never heard, we don't know what you are talking about. For a long time, they said they don't know him. And so they executed him, they hung him in 1944. He was executed, he was hung. And the Russians said, he is not, we don't know, we have not heard of this person. Before it was in 1964 that they said, "Oh, it's true. He was our spy. He was working for us." Yeah, 20 years later, and it's part of their work to lie. So we don't know. We don't know what you are talking about. They never acknowledge him at all. It was 1964 that they acknowledged that this Richard was actually working for us. So the whole world is full of deception. So when somebody comes and say, "I'm a virgin," say, mm, "Perhaps you are an Operation Barbarossa trying to." Uh, <laughs> anyway salvation is like that when you see people it's, the virginity is hidden the purity the salvation is hidden so you can't tell by somebody's things so many things so there are certain signs that you, must, you, you have to look out for and you realize that this place is not saved it's not saved it's not born again. It's not a born again. So, number one, somebody who listens to non-Christian music. Okay, high life, pop, rap, hip life, whatever non-Christian music. Like, these are the music that you are, it's likely that you are not a born again Christian. Now one day, I'm telling you, clearly. Somebody who smokes is not likely to be a born again Christian if you smoke. You see, when we were when we were younger, if you see somebody near a shalela, you know that he's not a Christian. Right? There is no discussions. I'm born again, but I have a problem. I'm I'm smoking. Uh, 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 what do you call it? One or two jot. No. Number three. Anybody who drinks beer, club beer. Guinness, star beer, any form of beer or alcohol, any form of alcohol, whiskey, vodka, brandy, whatever. Usually they are not born again Christians. I'm just telling you, you can write it down. Number four, people who don't go for fellowship. They don't go for fellowship. They are, they are not born again. Not Sunday. As for Sunday, everybody, devils, politicians, evil spirits, everybody is there. Sunday mob. I'm talking of fellowship meetings. Look, I'm shouting. I can't hear myself. People who don't go for fellowship. I'm not saying that all of them are not born again. But I'm just giving you some signs like likely. It's just like if I said, if I'm asking you to say, what are the signs of somebody, I mean, maybe somebody who, uh, let's say, smokes. You mean, look at the lips. Some people have black lips. But not all signs if it's not caused by smoking. So I'm just saying it's a sign. Not all, but likely. It's likely. It's likely. 
You see, you are drinking vodka, brandy, whiskey, club beer, star beer, Guinness. You are not a born again Christian. I'm telling you. You are not born again. Number five. Those who sleep, have sex with each other all the time. Sleeping. You sleep with this girl. You sleep with that girl. You sleep with that boy. You sleep with that boy. You are not born again, usually. That's why I told you, stay in the morning service if these kind of things will disturb you. Don't come in the evening. Because what I'm saying here, in the morning, I won't tell them that. You know, this is evangelistic. I'm just trying to help you to see how to win souls. Because you have to know these people, they are not Christians. They are not born again Christians. The, the, low, the lowest sign of Christianity that may be that there may be some form of Christianity is Sunday service attendance. And even that, those who are born again, if you want to use Sunday church attendance as an indication, then it must be somebody who is very regular. Regular. It rarely comes, and also not people who come very early. To finish with an early service so that they finish with God by 7.30 in the morning or by 8 o'clock. Such people, too, you, should, you should just watch carefully. Once every month you come, even that one cry, you come early to finish with God by 8. It's likely that you are not born again. It's true. How many do you have? You are not converted. Six, seven people, six irregulars, irregulars Sunday attendees, especially to finish with God by 7.38. Number seven, people who don't read their Bibles on a daily basis. That's what that one I can tell you because... It was the sign of my salvation. One of the clear signs of my salvation. Because when I was and not, not born again, I was a member of three churches. And it was not a sign that I was born again. Yeah. Three different churches. And it was not a sign that I was born again. Upon my conversion, when I was converted... I asked my mother, I don't know how I knew, but I asked my mother for a Bible because when I was baptized in my original church as a baby, I was baptized as a baby. That was my original church. I was baptized as a baby. And when I was baptized, I was given a Bible and a hymn book as a baptism I was baptized as a baby, but I was not converted, even though I was being baptized. So, those of you who have, who have been baptized as babies, you are not born again. I'm telling you, you are not likely to be born again. I'm telling you. I was not born again. I was baptized, but I was not born again. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I was born again, I asked my mother, and my mother gave me that Bible. That was my first Bible on conversion. And I started to read. I never had no interest in the Bible before. All the way, I think I was from three or from four when I got saved. 
1978-79. That's when I got born again. And immediately I asked for the Bible. And I remember the, the, my mother went to her room and I remember the wardrobe that she opened. And where she took the Bible and gave, she had kept it for me since I was a baby. Yeah. That I was baptized. It was a blue Bible with a hymn book with pictures at the back. We have King James Version Bible. Beautiful. So, people who don't read their Bible, you are going to hell. Hell. You go to hell. You wait and see. You'd be there. Don't read your Bible. I'm telling you. You'll be there. You'll go to hell flying more than 747. You'll go. You are there. See, I'm preaching a Bible message. Salvation. Evangelism. Yeah. Yeah. Number eight. People who do not get involved in outreaching. That is evangelism. To win somebody. Why? Why do I say that is a sign? Because if you are saved or you are converted, you would tell somebody about it. But when you are not saved, you don't, you don't, you don't tell him. But when something has happened to you, I've got a beloved. I'm pregnant. I'm getting married. All the good news of your life, the good news of the life, immediately you share with somebody. Somebody. So when you don't have any good news, you look at people. So I'm a member of Lighthouse. He has never witnessed before. He drinks star beer. He drinks club beer. He never comes for fellowship. He attends church once in the blue moon at an early service. Probably He's, uh, uh, he smoke. He does. He, they are not born again Christians. Oh, I'm telling you. And what we need to concern ourselves with is conversion. People need to be converted. I'm telling you, conversion, salvation must come to people's heart. And when they are saved. All those things will drop because when a mango tree dies, the leaves will fall off by themselves. So when the tree itself is dead, you see that all these things will fall off because it cannot stay on something that is, the thing is dead. All those things will fall off. Yeah. How many do you have? Eight. Any more? Any more? Those who go to discos, nightclubs, and those who sit at drinking spots. Anybody, anybody who sit at drinking spot to drink beer, you are sitting at a drinking spot. They are playing. You are not a born again Christian. You, when they ask you what church you go to, you say, "I go to Central Royal House, Lighthouse, this house, whatever." You are not saved. You are not saved. Usually, they are not saved at all. Number nine. All those who do juju. Yeah. Because you are not, you are not born again. You are an idol worshiper. You go and see Malam, you do juju when you are going to do politics. They give you a frog to swallow. They give you charms. They take you to a shrine. A juju man will come. A malam will come. All these people will come. 
and you say you go there and at the same time you go into Anglican church, Catholic church, this church, that church, lighthouse, uh, 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 whatever, uh, evangelical assemblies of God, you are not born again, my friend. You are not born again. You are not born again. You are deceiving yourself. And we as born again Christians must concern ourselves with salvation. These people must be saved. Because God is not a fool. Amen. God is not a fool. God cannot be mocked. In the Volta region, they have something they call Josevire Bovire. Bovire Josevire. Which means a little juju and a little of Christianity, a little of God. Bovire Josevire. Hey! What a shock! little jojo and a little of God. What do you mean? You are not a born again Christian and you need to be converted. You must be born again. You must be converted. Number 11. Anybody who says that he's a Christian by family is not born again. Because your family cannot, your Christianity doesn't belong to any family. So when you say we are a Christian family, I come from a Christian family. That's how you became a Christian. I was born into a Christian family. I'm a Christian family man. My father is a priest. My father was a Methodist priest. My mother is this. My this is that. Ah! Recently, I met a pastor, and he was sitting on my left, and I was talking to somebody on the right, and he was listening to me. And I told him that a pastor that I know, one of his children now says that he is an atheist. Yeah, he doesn't believe in God. A very big church. So as this pastor who was on my left, I was talking to the pastor on my right. As I was talking to the pastor on my right, I saw the pastor on my left stretching his head to listen to what I was saying. So when I straightened my head, he did not straighten his head. You get it? But he he looked at me and he said, my son also does not believe in God. I said, wow. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm, I'm 59 years. I'll be 60 this year or next year. My son, I have only one son. He says, there's no God. The son, he was brought up in, in Christ. You see, what I'm trying to explain is that the fact that you are a Christian, it doesn't mean that the whole family is a Christian family. Everybody in the family is a Christian family. You, you, your father can be a Pentecostal preacher. He can be a soul winner. He can be whatever. It does not mean you are saved. And when you are genuine, you know the truth, you realize that even though I am born again, my child may not be born again. In fact, because of that, I, that was one of the reasons why I didn't even want to have children at a point. So I said that, what about if I give birth to somebody who will come into the world and say something like this? Then I shouldn't have had that, that child. In the, should, the child shouldn't have been born. To give birth to somebody 
and later the person will say, ah, me, this thing, I don't, I don't believe in it, I don't want it. And you see, Christians, you know, we don't care so much about salvation. You send your child somewhere, the child has no chance of being saved, just piano lesson, ballet, ballet cl- uh, lessons, French, swimming, dancing, gymnastic, judo, karate, everything, except Christ and except salvation. What is the use of all that you give your child? What shall it profit a man if you gain the whole world and his soul just dies and goes to... What is the use of that? It's, it's useless. It's useless. So you must be concerned about your child. I prefer to have an uneducated child who will go to heaven. I prefer to sacrifice my child's education if it will mean that he, he will know Christ. I prefer it for any day. I prefer my child should be educated and know God. That my child should go to Oxford and America and this and that and come back and tell me I don't believe there is God. Ah. And you, you must become minded. You must think about evangelism. You, you, can't, you can't say my family is a Christian family. What do you mean by a Christian family? Everybody has to receive Christ for himself. Every soul will answer before God. Everyone will stand and bear his own judgment. Amen. So all these, and then another one, people who don't pray. Do you know why? Because you don't know that prayer is talking to God. The more you know somebody, the more you talk to the person. So when somebody doesn't pray, because I never prayed. I never prayed before I was saved. Never. I never prayed. You see, I, one of the churches I used to go to, the priest told me to pray three Hail Marys every day and one Our Father. And I will go to heaven. So this was the only thing I knew. I, I knew that as for God, he's like somebody who listens to poems and who listens to formula. Our Father, which has never had to be the name that kingdom come. If it's, so that's why when I got born again, a prayer like the Lord's Prayer, it took me time to even like such a prayer. Because it was the replacement for truly communicating with God for me. It's just like I have a, I have a friend, he used to be in Commonwealth Hall, and all these uh, uh, songs, and all these other Christian songs, they had a profane version of it. So this was what he knew as a, uh, he was growing up, he was singing profane. So when he came to the church and he heard, said, nice! he, was, he was shocked. So it, it, it took him years to even be able to sing a song in the church. Because he had the profane, vulgar version of everything. And I also had Hail Mary and our father as the substitute for praying to God. Even Hail Mary, it is, a, it is a beautiful prayer. Because Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace. Is it not true? The Lord is with you. Blessed are thou amongst women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us. See that now and in the hour of our death. What is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that to me. I see very little wrong with that. Yeah. 
If you can come for anointing oil to pour on your car, which verse is that? Yeah. Which verse is that? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive them that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Forever and ever. What is wrong with that? When I went to Yongicho's church and I heard them say, Our Father, which are in... I was shocked. Because I know it as something associated with not being a Christian. Yeah, because all my life I didn't know God. And I've been told these are the three. One day I was swimming in the sea. And a tsunami came for me. Just around Blackstar Square at the back there. There used to be a hotel there. Ambassador Hotel. I was swimming there. And that day I know the waves were as high as the top of this ceiling here. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. I was under the water like the water was up. I swam and, and I knew the next breath is going to be drinking. <laughs> and I started. I remembered my priest. I said, what shall I do to go to heaven? Because I knew this is the day. It's happening now. <laughs> so immediately, I started. Our Father, which I didn't have a little bit of name. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And by the time I finished, either the second or third, Hail Mary and the first, Our Father, I was out of the water. <laughs> I, I, never, I, never, I never knew I can speak to God. Yeah. I cannot speak to God. I just repeat some rhymes. So you see, but when I got to know God, I can stay in English. I can stay here for five hours and speak to God in English language without speaking one word of tongues. Me and the person. That, it's like when you are close to someone, you can stay with the person. There's no particular topic. But when you are with somebody you don't know or you are not sure of, there will be silence. And you have to have your agenda of the things you are going to say. And when your friends, number, number what? 13, when your friends are unbelievers. Your friend's boyfriend is the minister of rivers and lakes. Your best man eh, is a thief. You are smuggling cocaine. And you are, you are in the church giving offerings. You are not born again. All these people, yeah, it's all fake. Christianity, it's not, it's, it's not real. Fornica- fornication, all these, let me tell you, all of them, there are things that happen in the church. But when you are born again, they happen as mistakes, not as your lifestyle. As for the mistakes that, that they will happen, and it happens in the church, but your lifestyle, one guy told me, he said, when I was in sixth form, I had eight girlfriends. And now I have three. So I'm even, it's even better. You are not born again. And such a person goes to a, a church. I don't want to mention the name of the church. You are not born again. 
you are in a church, you are a politician, you are a thief, you are a liar, wicked person. But all these people, I tell you, you are not born again. So I am trying to explain the need for us to become conscious of the need for conversions. And so, and we must be, because God would not give us the great commandment, the great commission, when there's nothing great about it. It's the great commission. That's why somebody gave it that name, the great commandment, the great commandment that we need and that we have is this, go ye. Did I read the scripture? Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spake to them and said, Go ye, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe whatever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. This is the great commandment. It's a great commandment. Everybody say it's a great commandment. Amen. Now, anytime there is a commandment, usually that is what people don't do. That's why the Bible says, husband, love your wives, because that is what we don't do. That is why the Bible says, wives, submit your husband. That is what we don't do. That is why. Otherwise, it wouldn't be said. That is what is not done. Yes, it's a commandment because that is the very thing people don't do. So when he said go into all the world, it's the very thing we don't do. When we have a church and we are blessed, established, whatever, that is the thing that doesn't happen anymore in churches. We don't go out, we don't win souls, we don't do breakfast meetings. We have to have more breakfast meetings. We have, when we have the breakfast meeting, we have to not be concerned about the people getting jobs or the people receiving blessing or the people receiving, take it now, receive, receive, receive what? Receive Christ, receive salvation. Receive salvation. Be converted. Conversion, conversion, conversion from the unsaved state to the saved state. Amen. Turn to Romans 3.23. What does it say? Romans 3.23. Read it. Everybody check Romans 3.23. Don't be saying it. The person next to you doesn't know it. I'm telling you. Don't just say it. Hmm. What does it say? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God. What does Romans chapter 3 verse 10 say? There is none righteous. All men have sinned. Amen. What does Romans 6 23? 3 23 and you go to 6 23. Everybody check it. Don't say, oh, we'll be saying it out loud. The person next to you, he doesn't know it. Ask that sister. She has just dressed with lipstick, but she doesn't know that verse. Romans 6.23, what does it say? Wages of sin is death. Amen. 
the people who have sinned are going to die. They are going to die for their sin. Everybody, all presidents, vice presidents, everybody, members of parliament, all sinners will be will go to hell. If you may have the highest position in the country, the second highest, third higher, fourth higher, you will die and go to hell if you don't know Christ. No matter your religion. If you are not born again, you will, the free gift of God, the wages of sin is death. Simple. Hey. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. What does it say? What does it say? If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved if you do what? if you do what? if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you'll be saved. That is why we do altar call and ask them to come to the front. When they come to the front, we say, lift your hand. Now, say, say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I receive you. I believe in you as my Savior, as my Lord. Why? Because if you believe in your heart and you speak the words out with your mouth, then you shall be saved. That's why we make them come to the front. That's why we make them come to the front. And that is why we let them speak words. Because if they speak with their mouth, they believe in that, they speak with their mouth, they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Alright, then they are saved. And Jesus said in Mark 8, 38, at the end there, 38, he said, if you deny me, I will also deny you. But if you confess me before men, I will also confess you. So that is why we call them publicly. Publicly. There is something important about inviting people to publicly come and acknowledge Christ publicly. Unashamedly, not hiding in your house somewhere there. You don't want to really know about God or you want the pastor to come and pray for me in the house. It's not pray for me. A lot of people say they are prophets and they are just praying for people, praying for without letting them be saved. You are deceiving people, my friend. You are praying over a dead body. You are praying over a doomed person. You must lead him to cry. Otherwise, you don't deserve to have that name prophet. You are a liar and a deceiver. You must lead people to Christ. Jesus Christ came to die for sinners. Whether the person has a job or not, Christ came to die for the person. Whether the person has a child or not, Christ came to die for the person. Mark 8. Is it there? 38. Read it. What does it say? Who's ashamed of me and of my words in this abominable generation? Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory. That is why we ask people to come forward, step out, step out of the crowd, lift your hand, come out now in front of everybody and say, Jesus Christ, I believe in. That's why we do altar. If you don't know, I'm explaining it to you today. That is why we do. We ask people to publicly declare that they are Christian. They want Jesus Christ. 
That is why we do it. It's not a, a lighthouse tradition or, or a charismatic tradition or something that we are just doing. You have to understand why. Public, come out publicly. Publicly. Yeah. That is why we do all that. That is why we preach. And I'm telling you, death comes into the church when this great commandment is set aside and replaced. Now, not even disobeyed, but replaced. Replaced with conversion from belovedless to beloved. Conversion from wifeless to wife. Homeless to home. Husbandless to husband. These are the conversions we are doing as ministers and prophets. Conversion of business not working to business working. This is all that we do. We are not concerned with the soul of the person. Many years ago, I went to Takrade, visited my beloved. I, 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 she was, I think she was my beloved. And um, when, I, when I got, I met her brother. And her brother had stolen my car to go and drive around in town. I gave him the key to wash the car, not knowing that he had taken it to town. And he had a lot of problems, so many things about him were wrong. You know, and my first concern for him was that he should know Christ. He should be saved. So I called him and I sat him down and I talked to him about Christ. And as I talked, I said, you have to be saved. And I said, will you give your life to Christ? Will you be saved now? He said, yes. So I said, bow down your head. In Takrade, many, many years ago, and I led him to Christ. I said, what I say, say after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I gave my life to Christ. And I let him repeat everything after me. When he finished, I said, very good. You have taken the first step. From now, I want you to go to church. This is what you are going to do. Go here. Do this. Do That's Prophet Kakra. He said, Pastor of Sakumono Church. Yeah. The first concern, the first concern for the person is not that the person will pass his A-level or that the person will be in university, or that he will do well in school, but his salvation. And I want to ask you now, your mother, are you concerned about your mother's salvation? Your father, are you concerned about his salvation? As you see, your father is dying, or your mother is dying, or your relatives are dying, or your husband, is, is he saved? That's the, that's, or your child, is he saved? Will he go to hell or heaven? You have to ask, your, don't just give birth to people to walk around and go to hell. Ask yourself whether they are going to heaven or hell. It's all, you are just concerned whether you have a husband, whether you have a child, whether you do this, whether you do that. The first concern is whether he will go to heaven or hell. As soon as you take evangelism out of your heart, you take it out for your children, out for your family, out for your friends. It's not a concern that you have. And I tell you, the people around you will die and go to hell. You will see something. There is a lady who wrote a book. I think this woman, I went heaven something. Heaven is so real. She went to her, her, heaven, God showed her, her, her mother was in hell. Her mother was in hell. She saw her, she's written it in a book. I, my mother was in hell. My mother was screaming in hell. It's a real thing. Shame on your backsliding. Shame on your concern about people's material existence rather than concern for the soul of the person. <laughs> Paul said, I have not, I, nothing concerns me with you. I have nothing to do except Christ and him crucified. 
But here we are concerned about concerned about your house, concerned about your car, concerned about your visa, concerned about your stay, American green card, concerned about your beloved, concerned about all those except the person's actual soul. You have brothers and sisters who are going to hell. It doesn't concern you. Don't pray. You see, there are two types of families. There are families where somebody is saved and he's the only person saved in his family. And there are families where the person is saved and the rest are saved. The reason is because of the prayer life of the single person who is saved. Yeah. Because when you are saved, it affects your family. You, you will read in the Bible about six places. And you shall be saved in your household. And he was saved in his house. Cornelius was baptized in his household. People are saved with houses. Salvation comes and then it just sort of spreads to the whole house. So when you have a family without even one person saved, it's a very dark and difficult family. But when Christ comes to only one person, there is angelic assistance for the salvation of the rest of the people. But sometimes you see that one person is saved, the rest of the family are full of darkness and bitterness. Usually it's a reflection of the intercessory capabilities of the person who is saved. When I was saved, none of my sisters were born again. No, there was nobody born again. I used to pray for them. I'll take off my shirt. You see the shirt I'm wearing? I'll take off my shirt, bare-chested. Walk at Legon Botanical Garden. Pray. I remember one afternoon, hot afternoon, I would pray like a bear for my sister to be saved. My, my sister, my big sister. For her salvation. My sisters, I took them to action. They sat there and they laughed their they laughed their stomachs out when they heard the pre- The whole thing was funny to them. Their, their, their fan and their stars was Michael Jackson. The whole house, my whole house was full of Michael Jackson posters. None of them knew God. None of them knew Christ. But I was granting like a bear. Uh, 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 I was praying, interceding, praying, interceding. One day I visited, I, I visited one of my sisters. When I entered the house, the whole house was full of smoke. Yeah, there was a Rasta man staying in that house with reggae music. And when I saw it, I said, my God, my God, my God, my God. I remember one day my mother came and helped me and said, where is your sister? Where is your sister? I began to intercede. I was interceding for the salvation. It was that very sister who, when she got saved, she's the one who supported me in ministry. Yeah, she's the one who supported me in ministry. Yeah. But you, your family, your children, your sisters, your mother, your father, your uncles, the people that you know around you, they are all dying and going to hell. You don't care. You don't pray. You don't know. It is nothing to you. You are just waiting for the announcement of their funeral so that you also attend it. You are ashamed to their salvation. They should have been saved. The household. Your father is a wizard. Your mother is flying in the night. You are not praying for them to be saved. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You don't care. You don't care because you are not prayerful. You are not concerned about their salvation. You are concerned about the house and about your father sending money from abroad and whether they have money and this and that, but not for the soul of the person. 
because you are, you are shifted so much from the real Christianity to some other form of version of Christianity. Another version. A version, a twisted version. Yeah. I'm telling you something. You have to become, it's a command, it's the first great big one, the last one, the big one from God. You give birth to a child, you are rather concerned with doing ballet, ballet dancing. You are concerned is piano left. You are concerned is going to America. He's gone here. He's doing these stupid things which have no value of eternal value. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There are people sitting here. You would rather like your child to be with white people speaking French, speaking Spanish than even to go to heaven. You don't know. That's actually what you are choosing. You, you prefer that the child says, speaking French and going to hell with white people. Or a person will speak with an American accent. Hi there, yeah. I'm a, are you African? I'm American. You're, like, you know, you're not African. You would like your child to be American. Is it more pleasing to you that the, your child is Americanized with an American accent than saved? Yeah, it's true. That's what you like more. That your child goes to Montessori, this school, that school, that this is more, more of what is concerned than Christ, salvation. So I'm telling you, God has not given us this great commandment for nothing. He's given us the great instruction. Now, as I close, I want you to go to the real verse that I want you to see for tonight. Proverbs. Chapter 6. Listen to this great commandment from the Lord. My son. Observe the commandments of your father. Observe the commandments. Did you hear me? Observe the commandments. What has God told us to do? He has told us to win. This is to go out. He didn't even tell us to raise money. He said, win. Go to the world. Preach them. Be concerned about whether people, when people are lying in the hospital, be concerned. You must be concerned whether they will go to heaven or hell first before you be concerned whether their drip is working or whether the heart is beating. Whether they are going to descend into hell forever or whether that is what you must be concerned about. My son, Proverbs 6, 19, 20. Proverbs 6, 20. My son, observe the commandment of your father. Do not forsake the teaching of your mother. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening? Are you there? Observe, observe, observe. Amen. Observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually. Let us keep this commandment to go out into all the world. Bind it continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. That's why we wear t-shirts. Total commitment. 
I'm saved. Maranatha. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is the way. The only way. The truth and the life. Why? It's because we are binding the instructions and the commandments of our father. We are tying it around our necks. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you are awake, they will talk to you. This is the verse I'm looking for, verse 23. For the commandment, there are three things your father is going to give you. And they are all in this verse. It says, for the commandments, that's the commandment that your father gives you. It's a lamp. There are things that are commandments. Number two, and the teachings is light. And then number three, the reproofs, the rebuke, the facings. The facings. The reproofs for discipline. Well, in our English, we say they, they have been faced. Or another, we say the blastings. Or the meetings. <laughs> or the somewhere meetings. Or the blastings. The facings. The Bible says the reproofs of life. The reproofs of discipline. They are the way of life or the way to life. The way of a good life. These are the three things your father will give you. Number one. Commandments. It's like. Go. Stay. Don't do it. Have 100 members. Just get 200. Read this book. Don't go anymore. Break up. Marry. Take her. She's good. This. Stop it. Start. Go. Come. These are the commandments. It's a, it's a lamp. That's your life will be guided by a lamp. And the lamp is a commandment. If you are ever blessed to hear an instruction like do this. God bless you. It's a blessing. It's, it's like God has given a land that this thing. And then the teachings of the Father. The teachings is light. It's, that one is like long talking with explanations. It's the teachings is light. It's like it suddenly brings light to whole, whole life is clear. And the last one is the facings. If you have a real father. Eba blastable. Do you speak gun? Eba blastable. Ask your neighbor the meaning of gun. Eba blastable. It will, it will blast you. It's the way. I say it's the way. Did you hear me? I say it's the way. This is the way to go. This is the way of life. Wow. What a way. What a way. What a way! What mighty three powerful things does come to us from a father? A commandment, which is a lamp, a teaching, teachings, teachings upon teachings. And then blastings and facings and queries and issues and meetings is the way to life. And as God tells us, Go, go, don't think, 
when your father gives you instruction, go, don't think. My father-in-law just died uh, a week, two weeks ago. As he died and I look back on his life, I realized that there are many things, even when I thought I understood, I didn't understand why he was doing that. And today, I will do the same. Yeah. Because a father will know something you don't know. Even you, at the age of 25, you are a father. You have a child. You know something that that six-year-old nincompoop doesn't know. But doesn't agree that he doesn't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a word. Do. Come. Go. Stop. Eat. Live. Live. Do. Eat. Play golf. Stop it. Eat. Brush your teeth. Bath. Do this. Have sex. And whatever. Go to school. Stop. Start. This is a commandment. Teachings upon teachings. Series upon series. It's light. Long talking. With explanations. And facings. And the blastings. It's the way. The way is becoming clear. And this is God speaking to us. He's blasting us for being concerned about confession from homeless to home. Jobless to jobful. Belovedless to beloved. Wifeless to wife. Visaless to visa. It's a command. And it's a whole book of teaching. Tell them. It's God's love to us. I'll tell you something that's going to shock you, but I'll, when, I, when I say that, I'll end either come behind me. All this wisdom and all this teaching and all these wonderful things that God gives us is for verse 26 will help you with twisted to keep thee from the evil woman from the smooth tongue <laughs> from the smooth tongue of the adulteress <laughs> <laughs> what a shock what a shock sustain after shock <laughs> oh! to keep thee <laughs> from the evil woman <laughs> and from the smooth tongue of the adulteress mercy but you see that is another chapter you may never know limited the connection between the instructions of the father and the commandment and the light and the lamps and the facings to keep thee from that, from the evil woman, from the adulteress. And another, another place says in the evil man. Yeah. But that is another 
out of the scope of this meeting. May the commandments be a lamp for you always. Those short and brief instructions, may they be a lamp for you. And may the teachings, the series, the series, the camps, and the books, and the macanes, the poemanos, and the optasios, and the DVDs, may they form a kind of light and a kind of brightness in the darkness of your life. And may the reproofs, the days of crying, and the days of weeping and sadness become the way of a good life for you. In the name of him who died and paid a price for our salvation. Father, I thank you for the blessing. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. Hold him, Randy. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Satan, I rebuke your influence and penetration. I block your flames and I block your ideas and I block your imaginations. I overcome them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Jesus, receive the fire of evangelism. Receive the fire of evangelism. Receive the fire of the soul winner. Receive the fire, original fire of soul winning and evangelism. Receive it. Walk in it. Walk in this commandment. Walk in this higher, higher commandment. Light and lamp of your life. Walk in it and receive greater glory and encouragement of your life. Father, thank you. You have spoken to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving, Lord. Just thank God right now. Everybody put your hand on your heart. Father, thank you. 
that we are going to go out there and be concerned for our families, our friends, those whom we stay with in the house, those whom we meet, our churches, our members, for salvation. Thank you for the public confessions of Christ as our Savior. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit dagheywoodmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.